And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You're listening to The Leaf Report with Canadian Press National Hockey writer Jonas Siegel and The Athletic TO's James Myrtle. Okay, let's do this. The podcast today is brought to you by Babsox. Visit babsocks.ca. Look. Purple. I got purple Are those for the, the Cam H? Yeah. Yeah, those are cool. Those The Babsocks guys, uh, Tom and Jake, love doing, uh, supporting good causes. So they give a lot of the proceeds from the socks to different charities. Cam H? Yeah. Okay, so we will get through a lot of different things today. Playoff talk, goaltending, Austin Matthews, Wendell Clark, Awards. Playoffs. Yeah, I'm surprised you know that. Do you know who said that? Playoffs. It's a basketball coach, right? No. Football? Football. Jim Mora. No, see, I have no idea. Who did he, who did he coach? Uh, the Indianapolis Colts. Oh, okay. When they weren't good. Okay, so let's start. Playoffs. Um, we'll get into the playoff talk a little bit later, but let's start with uh, some of the records that have been broken. Um, obviously, the biggest one being... Austin Matthews breaking Wendell Clark's 31-year-old record for goals. We kind of saw this coming really early in the season, but now that it's happened, like a 100-year history of the team, he now has the highest-scoring rookie season in terms of goals ever. What do you think that means? You know what? I was thinking about it today, actually. Um, The craziest part, I don't think, is that he has the record or that he scored 35 goals. The craziest part is that all of those other eras the Leafs played in, the 80s and the 90s, were way high score, higher scoring than now. Uh, someone had the stat that if you score, if, if you adjusted for era Matthew's season, he would have something like 53 goals or something like that. Like, he's actually, it's not like he's just gone one past Wendell Clark. He's gone way past Wendell Clark. Like, he's, he's blown all of the records out of the water. And it's the same with, you could do the same thing with Marner's points and Nylander's points. And if you, uh, 
all three of those guys were in the top 35 in NHL scoring the last I looked. Like, that's insane. That's never going to happen again in, in franchise history. So I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that not only are they setting, breaking these old records, but they're breaking them in an era where there's only 5.4 goals a game or whatever it is. Right. Well, I think I, I'm trying to remember the stat because I did a story on some of the, the records that they could still break. I think there was only one team, one other team in NHL history that had three rookies with 60 points. I think that's it. I think it was... Yeah, Elliot Friedman had it. I think it was thing. Quebec... Elliot Freeman had it in his thing the other day. Yeah, it was Stastny and Hunter. and I think it was the two Stastny's and Hunter, Dale Hunter. I think so. Yeah. The Winnipeg Jets is the one that stands out to me in 92-93 uh, just because they have the most points by rookies in NHL history. The Leafs aren't going to be able to pass that mark. I don't. Unless, but again, like it's a different era. It doesn't... Yeah, no. Uh, for, it's well, it's the thing. 93 was like... Solani had 76 goals that year. I mean, that's that's... When you have 76 goals as a rookie, that's how you set a mark that you can never break. Right. Because... You know, Matthews isn't can't score seventy six goals right now. No one could. Right. Well, and then there's the fact that you've got five guys now with ten goals. You've got five guys with thirty points. Hyman's going to be the sixth, I assume, if he gets two points. Fair assumption. He's been hot. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy that like you could have all these rookies in one season, um, and that kind of gets me into something that I wanted to talk to you about. And first, we'll play. The Babsocks Babcock quote of the week. And this is going to be from Wendell Clark. And he was talking in the intermission of the game that Matthews scored his 35th goal. Um, just about some of the young guys and the impact of having a, a head coach like Mike Babcock. That dressing room is these young guys, and they've got a great staff from Shani down to Lou down to Mike because they're teaching them the game the right way. The, the, the greatest thing I see with the young guys, uh, Austin and all the guys, and is uh, the coaching and the structure they're getting at such a young age, they don't realize how that's going to benefit them 12 years from now. Maybe not playing here, maybe playing somewhere else, but all these lessons they've get to learn in the first year, and kudos to Austin being in your first year in some of the situations and the defensive responsibilities that the coach is asking him to do, that's probably more impressive and doing it and accepting it with a grin on his face. Those are the big things uh, when you're talking about what he does, not necessarily the stats, but the other things he's learning as a 19-year-old with such a great staff above him that the, the and all our young guys get to take that with them, which is huge for young guys. They don't probably know that now, but down the road they'll all benefit from uh, this year. Okay, so that was Wendell Clark uh, talking a little bit about Austin Matthews as well as some of the other rookies, the coaching staff. I wanted to ask you where you thought Babcock would rank for you right now, and it's, it's probably pretty close to the end, so you can make this reasonable for the season projection. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Where would you put Babcock in the Coach of the Year conversation, given how many rookies they have uh, and how much they have to play? I would say first or second. Wow, really? Yeah, I think, he's, I think he should be one of the nominees for sure. <sighs> okay, I so I wrote some down. So you think he's he's had a better year coaching than Joel Quenville? Um, yeah, I would think so. I mean, just based on the roster that he's got. I know the other ones you're going to bring up are what? You got Tortorella. Okay, so let me, I'll go through some of them. Tortorella's one. Okay. Borowski's going to win the Vesna. I know. Goaltending is the big thing. Like, that's what's yeah, changed. What we, what, I don't, we don't vote for the Jack Adams because... The PHWA doesn't, that's not one of them. We get to vote on five awards, and that's not one of them. Uh, the Jack Adams way too often goes to a coach that has a goaltender 
or has a team save percentage. I'm pretty sure Columbus leads the NHL in team save percentage. Last I looked, they did. Well, he's going to win the Vesna, like you said. Yeah. Um, Paul McLean with the Senators, the Senators were far and away the NHL leader in team save percentage, and he won the Jack Adams. And then, oh, look, he can't coach. And that happens all the time. That's stupid. All, yeah. You can't reward a coach based on team save percentage. So everyone's saying that Tortorella's worked all this magic. I think he's done a good job. I don't think he's done the best job in the league. Well, and it's like you look at what's happening in St. Louis right now. When Hitchcock was fired, they had literally the worst goaltending in the league. They've gone like 11-2-1 or something in March. Suddenly Calgary's Jake Allen's like out of his mind. Calgary's the same. Like Everyone was yeah. like, oh, is Gulitz in the wrong coach? Are they going to fire him? And then now it's like Calgary. I think I think last I looked, Calgary's the hottest team in the NHL and the last 25, that? 25 games, and their goaltenders have come around. Right now it's like 14-1. Who else, so who are all the coaches? Okay, co- so let me keep going list? through them. So Mike Sullivan. They've had five million injuries. Yeah, they also have the best player in the league, and they won the, the cup last year. I know, and he was a big part of that. Who okay, else? So let me keep going. Bruce Boudreaux. Well, I mean, they're in free fall. They've been one of the worst teams in the league the last twenty games. True. Also yeah. having like one of their best seasons in France. And Dubnik history. has been like I think a bigger part of that than anyone. Well, and Dubnik, Dubnik hasn't played as well of late. And suddenly they're not playing as well. I still Weird. Him, I still call him Dubnik because I watched him when he was 15 years old. I worked on it because I could never remember. Yeah. And I tried to come up with the system. In Kamloops, when he was a system. teenager, we all just called him Dubnik. And well, right. I, he finally corrected all of us. Well, the reason I know is because I've talked to Reimer about him a bunch. And they're good buddies. So from those conversations. Anyway. Uh, Barry Trotz. I like Trotz. As, that's a good option. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I think he's got a very good team. But I think he's done a good job. Okay, this one, I know you and I will both say Babcock has probably done a better job. Guy Boucher is a name that's going to be popular. No, they're a 48% possession team. I know. They've just become like a really, really, really intentionally defensive team. Yeah, which makes sense given the roster. I mean, how else were they going to win other than doing that? I mean, they're another team that Anderson has been a huge part of what they've done. He's mm-hmm. had such a He's good also year. missed a whole bunch of time. Yeah, I know. But when he's played... He's been the I best think, goal in the league. I think the last... Again, I haven't looked at this in, in a couple of weeks, but the last time I looked, he, yeah, he had the best stats in the league at the last, whatever, two or three months. Okay, so, how, so you would rank it what? I think part of why I have Babcock so high is because I think it's kind of an injustice that he's never won it before. Yeah, but that can't be a reason. That's well, how, I'm not, that's I don't how have a Drew, vote, so it doesn't really matter. That's how but. Drew Doughty got the Norris, despite Eric Carlson having 31 more points. But last there's year. no coach that's a slam dunk to win. Okay, like. so who would you? How would you rank it? Uh, that's what I mean. Like I think this is a lot more subjective than like comparing a defenseman or. Okay, whatever. so maybe I'll ask you this: How do you think it will be ranked? I think that out of all those teams you named, you named a whole bunch of really good teams. Uh-huh. Who do you Babcock's want? Babcock has the worst team. In terms of talent? I mean, unless we're talking about Guy Boucher. I mean, I think the Senators don't have a very good team. Who has more talent? Either. Minnesota or Toronto? I guess yeah, Minnesota's I... defense? I don't know. I know what you're saying. I, 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 Who do you think will win? I think it'll be Tortorella, just because that's the Yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. I mean, I, they've had the most improved season, I think, year over year. I wonder if Todd McClellan's going to get. Probably not. You don't think he's going to get some push? I have not heard. Like, when people have talked about it, that doesn't seem to be a name that comes up. Maybe Because the most often it's the most improved team well, and, and a I, team that gets good goaltending. So I think the most improved team year over year is Columbus right now. I did a list. So five of the seven biggest jumps are Canadian right. teams. So one is Columbus, two is Edmonton, three is Toronto. Right, yeah. And that's Who's what, done the most with the, their talent? Babcock? 
I just think it's like it's look at their defense. Like they don't forget about how good yeah. you think their defense is. Their defense is right. super inexperienced. I think a lot of what's besides. happening with the Leafs is structure is a big part of it. I think that what why the power play is number one, even with all those rookies. Some of it's talent, but some of it is what Jim Hiller's doing in the system sure. that they use in the power play and penalty kills good. The penalty Relatively. kills good. I mean, the Leafs pretty much have kind of like average goal, probably below average goaltending if you work in the backups, like what happened with Enroth and yeah. Although McElhaney, for some reason, has had good numbers. We'll get into that. Okay. Um, okay. We'll do the... I don't think he'll be a finalist. I don't. You don't think Babcock will? I think the I finalist think will be. be Tortorella, Boucher. I, I bet you Babcock finishes third. Maybe. Yeah. A lot of people don't seem to like Babcock. Well, that was one of the a things... A lot of the media you don't, watch, don't you watch like him. games around the league, and Babcock's name will come up, and like people will bring up like the idea in Toronto that he was a, he did a really good job last year and they would go well he was in 30th place how good a job could he do but if you looked at like all the underlying stuff about the team it was oh, all it was good they, yeah. could, they, they had no talent like their second power play unit well, I, and I they always last by one point too and they had almost 70 points they, they had, had like, nobody their second power play like yeah. they had Byron Fraze and Peter Holland well, and some of the stuff they the did league. like they were putting sparks in all those games when he was right. struggling and they like, were the trying. roster the last 30 games was ridiculous right. so okay they were they were trying to get Austin Matthews, which turned which out to be did. one of the smartest things they've done in franchise history. I think there seems to be a lot of people don't like Babcock because they think he's arrogant or something like that. I mean, you and I have he is, great... but who cares? That's <laughs> not like. But what does that matter? Yeah, uh, so much like that bothers me about media is we we bring in like whether we uh, like yeah, the guy or not, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Some of that seems to be happening with William Nylander, right? Like he's just yes. not. It's kind of like a Kessel or a Fanuf effect where he's not personable with the media at all. And we are going to talk about that. That's oh, our okay. next thing. But like, I didn't know the topics coming that's in okay. today, so well, I'm just part going to go is, over all of them. But. Well, so that's why Morgan Riley, for some God knows reason, got the the Masterton. Like that didn't make any sense. Yeah. I chose. I don't know what you did. I said I, I just wasn't. A, I didn't get a vote. I said I wasn't going to vote because the, there I is never no got candidate. the email. Oh. I was I was after them for. Well, there is no candidate. The only candidate who you could make some case for is Kadri. Other than that, they don't have a candidate. They sent the email to jamesmyrtle at gmail.com, which is not my address. So whoever that is, well, who would he you? got a vote in the Masterton. <laughs> who would you have voted for? I think McElhaney. Who did you say you would have picked? No one. You wouldn't have, would have voted for it. No, I don't think there's a candidate. Did I don't you, think you should you have to vote? have a candidate. No. I don't think you should have to have a candidate. Oh, There's no candidate. So I asked the and guy, if I would, they, I asked the guy that runs it, and I, and I said, oh, I didn't get uh, the email or whatever. He's like, oh, I thought you were just doing a, a protest non-vote. So that's what you did. That's what I did. And if did I you tell him that? Yeah. Protest non-vote? Yeah, we, we, we didn't agree. I, like, I think Riley is probably the worst choice you could have made. And there's a ah. reason the team did not get involved with it, because I think they probably thought the same. Uh, he's not a good choice. If you want to make a case, it's Kadri. Like two years ago, the team was the team suspended. What's him wrong for with McElhaney? He was on waivers. He's had a good little run. He's, I guess I don't like that award anyway. So anyway. Yeah, I don't really like the award. I, th- I think they need to make the award not about like who's had a catastrophic injury or who's you know. What is the award? I like. I don't understand what the purpose of the yeah, award is. It's for business for dedication to hockey and perseverance. And you know who should get it is that Craig Cunningham guy and. Uh, I know he didn't play in the NHL this year, but like, I mean, who, who cares? Do you have a phone call? I'm going to have to answer this. They said 3 o'clock. Oh, we have to take a break. Hang on. Hello? Okay, James, you had to take a phone call. Thanks for interrupting the podcast. It wasn't me. It was TSN Radio. It was um, your, the home of Jonas Siegel on, on Overdrive. Sometimes former. You're like the backup goalie on Overdrive now. Yeah. You're like the 
or the fourth line or I don't know ironically I'm like the backup goalie for the former backup goalie (laughs) Um, so you mentioned um, kind of the public perception of of William Nylander and there's always I don't know how to phrase this there's always like a little bit resentment's too strong should we call him arrogant too well but there's always this thing with media and around William Nylander that he's a bad quote he's not a great quote like and he doesn't really seem to give it much thought like a lot of times you'll ask him a question I'll say well I haven't thought about it which is fine. Anyway, the point is the public perception of him seems to impact how people think of him. And what I was going to ask you is, who do you think's had a mo- actually a more impressive rookie season, him or Marner? Uh, that's tough. I mean, if you would ask... It's if, very close. Like either way. I, I thought it was interesting that Babcock said the other day that Marner's been sick. That makes a lot of sense because he has not looked... No. And he had that injury that didn't get talked about a lot. And I think he's... Okay, so maybe a better question is, are we underrating Nylander's season a little bit? Yeah, he's been fantastic. I mean, he's been one of their three best players the last 25 games. He's been their leading scorer since the start of February, a point per game. I think that when all is said and done, that Nylander and Marner are probably going to have comparable careers and trajectories. And I think Matthews is going to be the best one. But I don't don't know. It's really interesting that there was all that crap around Nylander for such a long time. And I hope we weren't, didn't play a part in starting it because I remember really like, right in the beginning of the year we were talking about how are they going to get a, a number one defenseman? We and talked like, about it. Like, well, we, we, were, to talk we were just it. saying, like, they might have to trade one of these guys. And that's not crazy. Like, that's... I'm sure they had the same conversation. Like, how do we get this player? Do we do this? Right. And they're probably like, no, we don't do that. Right. I don't know. Like, if you're a management team, you have to consider everything. Well, and I think the thing, too, is that you don't quite know what Nylander's ceiling is yet, so it'd be kind of crazy to trade him now when you're not 100% sure how good he's going to be. I'd like to... We've talked about this already, but I'd like to see him play center next year, and he takes over Bozak's role, and then maybe you've got three really dynamic lines. Yeah. I just think... I I guess part of it with Nylander and Marner, Nylander's done a lot of his damage, one, on the power play, but he's really good at it, so you can't really take that away from him. I think he's one of the best players in the league on the power play. I think he's first in points... Per, per minute yeah. uh, on the power play. If not, he's right in the NHL. There. Yeah. Well, he's got an, a great shot, and he kind of sees the ice pretty well and is able to find seams to make passes, especially to Matthews. You know what I find interesting about Nylander, and I haven't written about it, but everyone always thinks of of him and Marner as really small guys. But Nylander's got a lot of – he's got a lot of strength and a lot of power to him. I mean, I don't know if he – that's time in the gym or what it is like if you look at him he's built like a big soccer player or something like that he's got huge legs and huge power there yeah he also moves like differently than than marner marner's more like crouched yeah you know what i mean and Nylander's more kind of like scanning the ice right i guess the other thing is he's played with matthews for a big chunk sure. of the year whereas marner is like dry is the engine of that line sure either way it's really close i think that, yeah i think they're both great players i mean I don't know. I it's don't, just crazy. Like, when you think about it, like, I was trying to figure out all the different records that they could still get. And Alter, your Leafs athletic writer, pointed out that if Math, if Neander gets a point in every game the rest of the way, he'll set the franchise record for point streak. 19 games. Right. Now, that's really hard. Is he going to get a point in the last seven no. games? Maybe, maybe not. But, like, either way that he's in the conversation um, is pretty impressive. And he's actually got a chance at more records than Marner. And he can actually break Marner's record for assists by a rookie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Marner doesn't hold it. He's tied for the Right. But 
maybe we're recording this before the Nashville game, so there's a chance he's already broken it or whatever. Anyway. Anderson starting night. Yeah, we can't talk about the game because oh. it's going to happen. We're going to. Oh. Okay, so let's get into the goaltending. We can just pretend it did happen and we know what happened. Oh, what a game that was. No, we don't do that. Oh. Um, so Anderson goes out on Saturday, gets hit in the head. The team is like very guarded and doesn't say much of anything about what exactly happened. And they played like absolute crap that game. They did not play well. Um, this eventually kind of developed into a conversation about Curtis McElhaney, at least for me it did. Um, Should we do the Macarena? Yeah. <laughs> um, you and I, I think we've talked hey, about it on the podcast Macalini. before, um, that this is why you need a better backup goalie, or you need a backup goalie who can play more uh, than someone like McElhaney can. Do you think this revealed that, or what do you think we've learned about Curtis McElhaney while he's been here? Uh, he's had such a weird year because his numbers are so crazy good, and but then the eye test, he fails really really badly i was talking to uh i don't know if he'll mind if i say this or not i was talking to ray ferraro after the game sometimes we run into ray when we go down and wait outside the dressing room and he was like he was sitting he was right down on the ice and he's like man like he basically said like magdalene did not look very good even though that they won that game i don't think magdalene looks very i don't know i I don't have a lot of confidence when i watch him play goal If, if they had to play him in a bunch more of these games down the down the rest of the way I would bet against them winning a lot of those games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, like, he even Babcock said when he was talking about McElhaney starting that game last week against Jersey, he, he said he, he won it, but he, he didn't look very good. And, like, he doesn't look good. Like, no. he, pucks are, like, bouncing around him. Even Tom Rowe after the game against Florida. Yeah. He made he hear, saves. Yeah, he made saves he didn't know he made or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's true. And, and so I guess this gets into a point you've made, and it's kind of stuck with me is that people seem to underrate how many games a backup actually plays. Yeah. It can be... Like, that matters. And starters get hurt all the time, too. Number one goalies get hurt, as, as we've seen with Anderson. So it's usually it's more than that. Uh, McElhaney, the last four years between Columbus and Toronto, has averaged starting 19 games out of 82, which is really, really low for a backup, only starting 19. Um, I, I worked it out. He's only played an average of once every 9.8 days during the, during a season. So he only plays three games a month or starts three games a month. You know, he's not a guy that is used very often by his team. And that's including the stretches where they've had injuries or where Columbus, you know, was out of it and was just playing him more. Bobrovsky had a lot of injuries when, when mm-hmm. McElhaney was playing there. He's not a guy that's used to playing very much. So, you know, obviously Anderson's going to go against Nashville and, they have to hope he's okay, but they still have two more back-to-backs to go. What do you do in those games? Like, do you I guess the one back-to-back is in Buffalo and then at home against Washington? Do well, you, so how do would you, you play do Anderson that? in both those? Well, but then they have another back-to-back to finish the season, right? And that and that could, and he's coming off an injury. I think you probably work McElhaney in to one of so the, that first back-to-back. I mean, maybe you go McElhaney against Buffalo. No, but I'm saying you. I would go Anderson against Buffalo. Yeah, because either way, your best chance to win is Buffalo. So you want yeah. to make sure you well, they get have three two wins in 21 games in Buffalo. Their worst team. Do you want to go into Washington or play Do you have Washington? Any, I didn't. I wasn't down there for. Did you go to Buffalo for the game? No. But you've been to a ton of Leafs games there. Like, why do they always lose to Buffalo? I don't know. In Buffalo. It's hard to say. It's like you can't they've say tried small all sample size. Well, no, they've, they've tried all these different ways of when to go down. Like go down the day of the game, go down in the afternoon, take the bus, fly. 
I don't know. It's like it's it's always even for someone covering it, it's a weird trip because it's only two hours. Yeah, it's but it's it it kind of takes you out of your routine, and maybe I don't know. Maybe that has something to I'm do. I'm always with tired it. when I'm covering a game there. Well, maybe like <laughs> players are big on routine. Like maybe I don't know. Maybe. But it's they've just... been going down the night before and staying in a hotel in Buffalo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So that's the same routine. But it's not. You don't bus anywhere else. Oh. So you want them to get on? I don't know what to they do. could get on a plane and fly somewhere else, and then fly to Buffalo. But does after. that matter? Like, does is that is that really why they've? They lost could get the a games? charter and they would be in the air for thirteen seconds and come back down. Some of it has to be random. I mean, these are not the same. Teams. I'm sure it's random. I mean, that goes back to '08 or '09 or something like that. That it's three and twenty-one. So it's none of the guys are from. Was Bozak even on the team then? Probably not. No, I think his first year was '09 10. Yeah. But like I don't know what you do, but but getting back to like the backup situation, if hey, I'm them, Macalini, you're gonna take this podcast off the rails. Do you think they should get a backup who can play like 25 games, 30 games? Like what's what's ideal? I think you get a guy that you go into the year saying, yeah, he's probably gonna start 25 and maybe 30 if Anderson um, either is inconsistent or has an injury. I mean, goalies are gonna have minor injuries too, so. I think you need a guy that is going to start 25, and then that leaves... How's your math? Not good. <laughs> You're the math guy. 57, is that right? Yeah. Well, but, and Babcock... 57 is a healthy number of games. But I just I just don't know with Babcock, because Babcock like basically said at the start of this year that the, the idea, his plan, was just to play the backup on the back-to-backs. Yeah. Which well, would have been I think part starts. of that is because they had so many back-to-backs. Like, next year they might only have 13 or... Part of it is the schedule is so condensed. So if they only yeah, have 13 back-to-backs, then he's not going to say we're only playing a back-to-back. Well, but if they go to the Olympics, then there's going to be a lot of back-to-backs. The other thing, too, is that they're not going to play McLean in all the back-to-backs. Like, there's no way they're going to start him in both of these unless they've got everything clinched going yeah. into that Columbus game. Well, and there's – it's that's the last back-to-back. But the one Buffalo-Washington next week, they're not going to have anything. They're not going to – yeah. Like they're not going to have anything no. clinched. no. I don't so, think no. I don't think it's possible that they will. No. So would you bring McElhinney back as the backup? Although they can get to ninety three points if they win the next three games. Yeah, which you've said is the cutoff. It's, we'll get to that. It's pretty close. Would you bring McElhinney back? I would next not. year. No, 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 no. Okay. I mean, unless you give them league minimum or something, and you can, and you have a third guy. I think teams should have a better third guy too that plays in the minors that you can use sometimes. I just think you should have a back. Uh, I don't know. Whatever. It would be interesting to see what they do with the Marlies, with the goalies. They need better goalies with the Marlies that can come up if they need them to. Yeah. Well, they've got that Finnish kid. Yeah, but his numbers, like, in the ECHL aren't good. Yeah. Sparks. No, I mean, they need better guys. I mean, Sparks has had a good year. But it seems like they're down on Sparks for some reason. It seems like he's not in the long-term plans. And, And Bebo, what I've heard is that he has not had a good year. They're not happy with him either. So they need they need to figure out their goaltending a bit better. Would they have been better keeping Enroth? Same thing? I, guess I don't the same know. Thing. Yeah, I think he's pretty close to McElhaney. Okay. Plus he's not 6'3 every night or whatever the, <laughs> whatever Babcock called it. Babcock likes that. He likes the goalie to be big. Um, okay, let's get to... Um, we're recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, on The Athletic Today, you wrote about playoff positioning and kind of what it's going to take for them to get there. Do you want to kind of break it down in basic terms? Because there's a lot of numbers. Basically, they're in a pretty good spot. 
Um, they have 87 points. If they get with to, a star asterisk because they might have more by the time you listen. Oh yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. They have. Don't date the podcast. They have eight Jeez. blank number of points. Eighty blank. <laughs> 80-something number of points. Maybe somewhere should... between 87 and 89. So if you're listening to this after the Nashville game, yeah. which probably most of you, um, they need to get to 95, and they're 100% in. Well, they're like 99.9% in if right. they get to 95. If they get to 94, it's close to 90%. And if they get to 93, I think it's about 80% chance that they get in. So right. 93 is a pretty safe number for them to get to. That means they only need... Three wins. Three wins, including whatever happens in the Nashville game. If they win the Nashville game only, they only need two wins in their last six games of the season. So, but, but they play hard teams. Their schedule is bet bleep crazy. I think you didn't swear. Well, I didn't. It's your site. I, did, I didn't swear. Okay. I think I actually used that word unbleeped on the site already, and there was gasping on Twitter. No one cares. No. No one cares at all. Stoughton... So I sworn on our side, I think. I think it's fine. Yeah. But so it doesn't it's not a crazy big mountain, but it's still hard. Like it's not they're not it's not a foregone conclusion, I guess. No, it's not. No. But they would have to play really badly to miss. Yeah. Like to not get they only need six points, probably. But you look at where the other teams are, they've put enough distance mm-hmm. that like one of Tampa, the Islanders, or Carolina has to pass them. It's really hard for Carolina to pass them. But Tampa plays them. Right? Yes. And Tampa's and Tampa has really hot. Tampa has the best chance, for sure. And they're a good team. And they're a you good look team. at possession the last 25 games, and I think they're third or fourth. I can't remember what the number is. Okay. They're one of the best possession teams in the NHL. Yeah. And they have a really good goaltender. And, and Kucherov is ridiculously hot. And Stamkos might come back. Right. Stam- and like if Stamkos comes and- back on fire... That would be... I would be worried about Boston and Tampa passing them. And they're in the division, too. So, yeah. That game against Tampa, I can certainly see where that can be. Like, let's say they only get three points in the next um, four games. Mm -hmm. That would put them where they got 90 points. They still need three more, and then that's going into the Tampa game. And then they've got two more really hard games after that. I could could definitely see that's where they are. Well, and then the pressure really... Yes. Driven up. Yes. And I don't really know what this team... Like, all of those former Leafs teams, the pressure always just destroyed them and they would fall apart. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can say that's what this team is yet. I don't think we know. Um, the, the pressure that was on them on that California trip, I could see it was starting to get to them, but then they rebounded pretty nicely from that. So, yeah. Well, and like last... I think last week we were talking about Matthew's slump. And since then... He's been good. He's yeah. been good. Yeah. So... Although his possession's still not where it, it hasn't I, been good for a while. Yeah, it's not where I would want. The to one see. line I like most nights is the Kadri Komarov Brown. That's that has seemed that's their best line. Yeah, and it doesn't get any attention at all. But Kadri has had a monster, monster season. Yes, like just completely massive. Yeah. Well, like the, I think it was around like January. I don't remember exactly when, but we were basically saying Matthews is their number one center. He sort of is. He sort of isn't. Like Kadri's Kadri taking the tough Kadri matchups and is. probably has outplayed him yeah. of late. Yeah. And, and the tough matchups is a big thing. And you talk about weak line mates. It's not like Komarov and Brown are great line mates. Like Kadri's... No, but the line seems to work for whatever reason with those two guys yeah. best. I don't know why. It's got some edge to it or something. Yeah. I really like that goal that Komarov scored. That was Brown with a nice pass and then Komarov with fun. the one-timer. And... Have you talked to him a lot this year? Yes. He's been like very blunt about 
everything. Like, yeah. There's no BS. There's no bullshit with him. What do you think that is? Like, I don't know. I, like, yeah, Leo's I kind of like think a they different... need it. Like, yeah. we were asking him about Matthews after the game that he broke the record. And he just said, yeah, he's had a good season, but he needs to get better. Yeah. Like, it he's was just like, like he was no, kind of yeah, brushing it off. He's been like that. Which is fine. I, like, I think it's good. Like, I, they don't have, like, a lot of bite that way. Besides Gadry and maybe Polak. And Cumbro's had a decent year. I mean, he's, he's fine. Yeah, he's a good defensive player. Be interesting to see if they decide to keep him. Well, that's going to be interesting now that they're going to make the list public. So we'll know. Yeah. I guess, like, there's not really anybody... They can protect Komarov. You know, I would expose Martin if... Oh, that's... I think that's a foregone conclusion. It's do you... Have they traded Bozak? Have they traded Van Rijsdijk? Yeah, I didn't factor that in when I was looking at it, at who they would protect. Yeah. But, I mean, you just protect the 3D and then... Which three? Like, Carrick, Gardner, Riley? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that... Actually, this is not on the schedule... Even though Uh-oh. you don't know what the schedule is, but what do you think is going to happen? Fifteen minutes left. Okay, we got time. What do you think is going to happen with Zaitsev? I don't know. I'm not sure. Like I'm hearing he's, that he's going to ask for a lot. Well, and I'm not sure it's ju- justified. Like I'm not sure it makes sense. No. Maybe we talked about this. Maybe it was you. That talk about. seems to love him though. He, yeah. he keeps going. He's that way matter. better than I thought. Yeah, but he was that doesn't be. that doesn't matter. Like if 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 he wants four and way a half, what if he wants four and a half or something? Is he worth that? Like That's he's like, gonna, He's going to have a lot of points. The he's Russian circles—that's the rumor that you know because he's played so many minutes. And he's play, He has the record for minutes. He's got a ton of points. Like a rookie Plays record? A, is that what you're yeah, saying? he has yeah. a rookie record for minutes. He's got over thirty points. He plays on their first power play. I don't know. Yeah. What would you like? I think maybe we, we had talked about this it. already. Yeah, maybe we I said, said like three threes. by three or yeah. something. Yeah, but it could be higher three. I think the lowest they're going to get him down to is like three and a half, maybe. Saying that, like, I like, would do short term with him because you don't know what he's going to be, and you're trying to bring in more defensemen. So maybe he ends up on your third pair at some point, or maybe he's also he, a bit older. Maybe he ends up as your yeah. Well, there's he's not going to get better. I don't think. Right. I, mean, I think this is probably what he is. The, yeah, this is what he is. I like Zaitsev. Like, I, I think too. I think he's like Komarov. He's got some of that no bullshit well, attitude to Mike him. Mike likes that. Yeah, as I would too. If Zaitsev's I tough, man. Like, he could go out there and like lose a finger on a block shot, and he would be out there for the next shift. Like, he's. Maybe not, but like I know what you're saying. I think they he, don't. I'm gonna ask. They don't him. let you play. I'm gonna ask him. He would just like staple it back on and then get back out there again. Well, do you want to tell? I think maybe we've told the story before about you asking him questions about Crosby. Yeah. What was his reaction? Yeah, he he was like, "Why is this? Why is this goofy sports?" Right. Well, the funny, you know, like I had to get him out of the back room. Like yeah. sometimes they're they they skate and then they go in the back room and then they're gone. So I had to ask the head PR guy. Oh, I really want to talk to Zaitsev. So it's like this big production. They got to bring Zaitsev out just to talk to me. And then my question is: So you're playing against Sidney Crosby for the first time in the NHL? What does that mean to you going against him? And he was—he was—he basically looked at me like it was, this was the stupidest question he'd ever faced in his entire life, and he didn't want to answer it. I can't remember what the actual answer was. It was something. It was like, good. I've—I played him before. It's no big deal. Well, and then I—and then talk- he looked at me like. What? Well, and then I talked to him a couple days later, and he brought it up unprompted. He's like, some guy was asking me about Crosby. I don't know. Why is he asking me these questions? Yeah. Anyway, okay, this, this is the last thing. You've asked people to send in questions, and I pretty much don't check, but this time I did check. And one, oh. I, one I pulled out, and we discussed this idea on the podcast, I think last week or the week before. If you were to bring back one of Hunwick or Polak, because I'm betting Hunwick. you well. Yeah. That's the conclusion I ultimately came to. 
I think they... What's the rationale? Probably are going to bring one of them back, too. I do, too. Th- that pair has actually played pretty well the last 20, 25 games. Yeah. I haven't noticed them getting caved in. Their analytics have been good. Their eye test has been pretty good. And I think more of it is Hunwick than Polak. And I think the reason is that when they got Hunwick, he was a guy that always fared really well in the analytics. And I think a big reason was he was always a third-pair guy in mm-hmm. Colorado and, and Boston. And I can't remember where Rangers he played for, I think. Um, but then they put him on the first pair, and he, he really struggled. He and Riley struggled in that, I mean, which makes sense. Now that he's back on the third pair. And the other thing, too, is that this year he had that injury, right? Like in the first... Yeah, and I don't think he was healthy when he no. came back. No, he was... I don't know what... He had like a huge mark on his head or something, right? Like I wonder if he had a concussion or whatever. I, I don't, don't think it was that. I don't remember... And the team now doesn't tell us anything about injury. Yeah, so we're just guessing. I, th- I thought he took a blow to the head, and it seemed like he came back awfully fast, and he wasn't very good in the beginning. Now he's been good. He, he breaks the puck out really well. He's You talk about Marner driving the, his line. I think Hanawick drives the pair in terms of breaking the puck out and making the safe play. And, well, he's better than Polak at those things. Right. But I guess the question is, like, lefty, righty. Yeah, I know. Well... So, like, we're assuming, let's say, they'll have Riley, And I think Travis Dermott can play in the NHL, well, too, So and he's a lefty as so, well. So that complicates things a little bit. Well, it and I guess really we depends have, what they do in the summer. I mean, It depends on the defenseman they bring in. Yeah. yeah. And if they bring back Zaitsev. Right. Right. Well, if okay. they don't bring back Zaitsev, who's their right side? Carrick. Just Carrick on every pair. <laughs> <laughs> Three pairs of Carrick? Carrick plays 58 minutes. Like the, I don't know. And where do you find a good right side defenseman? Like, is that's what a lot of teams so maybe that will push them to Polak. I don't know. It might. Babcock likes them both, so I don't think it'll be shocking if Polak comes back. Both? What about both? Uh, I don't think so. I think they're going to want a hole for. I mean, they know they got to improve the blue line. Yeah, you can't bring everybody back and then improve it. Yeah. Marincin's not going to be back. I don't know what they do with Marchenko. Same thing. Yeah. Well, I think he's RFA. Right. So, well, I think Marincin is, too. Yeah. So you're going to bring him back for depth. And but nothing. then you're just, you're just saying they're going to bring back the whole thing. Yeah, same. but I mean, like, those guys, they're not going to play. Like, you need to improve the top end of the D. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. On, I mean, I think their forwards are going to change pretty dramatically. I mean, you, I watched Kapanen in that game. It's like, this guy can play in the NHL. Well, like, he can skate. Yeah. He's fast. He's good. Yeah. Well, I can see him playing with Nylander. Yeah, I, that's what I would. That's what I would. Uh, well, so that that would mean we could potentially see JVR and Pozak both gone. Right. I think that's potentially for some kind of defense. Would you put it at like ninety percent that at least one's gone? I would 100? put it at ninety nine. Okay. I mean, it makes no sense to bring those guys back, does it? I don't think it's, it makes sense to bring either back. No, it doesn't. We'll see. I guess it depends. But the Leafs have done things that don't make sense before. Sure. I didn't really think Anderson made a lot of sense, but and the jury is still out, yeah. sort of. Okay. Is there anything else you want to say? Talk to? Talk about? The, these purple bab socks are amazing. I'm wearing them with bright green shoes, so it's kind of a clash. Yeah, i got to get a green pair for family. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen you wearing bab socks yet. you got to get on board, man. I'm this big first... like, woolly socks. Big, like... For... Really? Yeah, I get cold. Oh. These are, like, not woolly. They're, like... But they're comfortable. I like them. Yeah, they're styling. <laughs> are they? Yeah. Well, they're our sponsors, so they better they better be. Stopping. Well, although like the GQ and stuff, they say you should wear like socks that pop, and those pop. Yeah. 
Well, I think we've, the problem is I can't wear them to the game because that would just be ridiculous. Trying to be an objective reporter wearing a, a sock with the coach's face on. <laughs> I probably shouldn't even be wearing them now. But Well, you could just sit in the front row, let him see that you're wearing them, and maybe he'll give you a better Didn't I answer. tell you that someone did that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. Right. We forget what we talk about on this podcast. One of the Babsocks guys messaged me today, and he's like, I can't find the new, the latest podcast. I was like, well, we haven't recorded it yet. so Yeah, we're bad about that. we got to like stick to The problem is like... Most podcasts, they have, like, a consistent schedule, and that's what's good. Yeah. Like, every Thursday. We can do that in the summer. Yeah, it's just that the problem is, like, the, ga- the schedule is so different that sometimes we can't do it on certain Well, we days. were supposed to do it Wednesday, and then I ended up writing till like, 2 in the morning, and it's like, anyway, we'll figure it out. Okay. Well, the podcast is brought to you by Babsocks. Visit babsocks.ca. It's pretty easy to order them. Visit their there. store. Yeah, Mount Pleasant in Davisville. They've got, like, fake boards in there. You should go check out the storage. That's my old hood, so maybe I will. Yeah, then you can get your green bab socks for whoever you're buying them for. Yeah, all right. Well, we'll be back next week at some point. Maybe Wednesday, because there's probably... It's the day between games. What's that plant called again? I used to have one of those. I don't know. Oh, okay. Thanks for interrupting the extra. Thanks for tuning in to The Leaf Report. Follow the guys on Twitter at Jonas Siegel and at Myrtle. Darkness will show you the way.